This is Hebrews in Exile, episode number 24 with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. In this episode, we're going to break down the fundamentals of how the Bible is actually constructed. There's two diametrically opposed ideas in the Bible, which is a Hebraic mind and a Greek mind. So in this episode, we are going to provide clarification so you can better understand the division between the two. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go! This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in in Exile. Exile. Listen, I, there is a, there is a definite problem with studying scripture with a Hebrew mind versus a Greek mind. This is true. And I want to tell my Hebrews in exile, you need to go find a Hebrew written Hebrew written scriptures. I don't care by who they are, but they got to be Hebrew. The language in them has to be uh, more more impressed by the Hebrew Torah, and it is the written scroll, than anything else. Right. Because in it, the Hebrew scroll says exactly what is being said, and it teaches exactly what is what the Most High says and what he believes at, to be true. And the Hebrew scroll uh, really can't be argued with although I know that there are some particular Hebrews who have a problem with modern Hebrew. And as I, sp- I think I spoke this in the last podcast that we did, it doesn't matter whether it's um, modern yeah. or ancient Hebrew. Paleo-Hebrew, the, yeah. The Paleo-Hebrew, the, um, the uh, consonants, the pictograph of Hebrew is the same it, it has the same pictograph, Correct. and it speaks the same language. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's Yiddish or whatever you want to call it, and I know amongst some of the Hebrew brothers, they they have they have taken it somewhere that I I, I don't know I don't know where they've <laughs> taken it to, and yeah. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But the point being is that we read from. Um, translations that we read from transliterations that are translations of the Hebrew scroll, which uh, many of the writers and many uh, Bibles are written from what is called the Masoretic text. So with that being said, in order to get to a understanding of what the God of Israel Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says, believes, teaches to his people, you have to be able to read it from a source that's not convoluted by Greek translation that leaves things out so that you don't know what's Mm. being said and who's talking and who's speaking. Right, right. And Mm. you have to get into a 
a biblical source that is Hebraically oriented and not Greek oriented. So, uh, you know, you need to find something that that does that. Now, that being said, also, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but if I didn't, I'm going to mention it now. Uh, many of the Hebrew scholars, um, particularly of of ethnic persuasion, have a Greek have a real big problem with the Oxenazis, and so they don't want to use anything that the Oxenazis have. But with that being said, also, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that their sources of reference has been from an Oxenazi source because there is very little to none mm. of anything written by a Hebrew Israelite. A real, yeah, a real Hebrew Israelite, correct. Right. You, can't, you can't find written information. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you can't find the, re- the written information from Hebrew Israelites of the era and of the time getting back before slavery. Yes. Okay? Yes. Uh, and, our, and our deportation into the land is that the Most High recognized that in exile, we weren't going to be able to do anything at all, primarily, that was directed towards uh, the rehashing or the explanation of Torah that was going to be meaningful. Right. They've and that's I think in our last podcast we we gave them that accolade right to say listen as much as we 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 may discuss this issue about the Ashkenazis they've done a good job of being stewards of or at least of what uh, preserving the most high's word. And the most high allowed them to do that because he knew that where his people were going to be, they weren't going to be able to do it. And the Most High has said in his own words, I have not left myself without without a witness. witness. So the witness comes from other nations. Mm -hmm. The Most High uses other nations to, to, to bring Israel to a reconciliation of what she's lost, what she's given away by her going after other gods, whom I want to talk about in this podcast. All right. You see, hmm. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> it's difficult to read the New Testament narrative about a person who's named Jesus Christ who is the savior of the world. Mm -hmm. And look back at the Hebrew text of writing of which there are, there, 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 there are too many, and I'm not even going to get into those tonight because there's too many narratives that, that, that are a disclaimer to him ever existing and can even exist in this day of grace. Yes. There cannot be a Messiah in the day of grace. And I'm going to tell you that, and I'm going to let you read the prophets to gain some insight of understanding that. But once again, I'm going to come back to what I said earlier. You can't read the prophets with a Greek mind. You have to read the prophets with a Hebrew mind. So if you're Greek influenced, you're not even going to understand what I'm saying. That That's so key. That's To know that delineation 
between the two. We have this compendium called the Bible that has two individual thought processes in it. One's Greek, New Testament. The other one's Hebraic. What we call the Old Testament, or the Tanakh. And, you know, as I listen, as I listen to, to many of the various artists um, and people um, in the, who are stars and television and entertainment. I'm hearing them over and over make references to the fakeness hmm. of this person that's called Jesus. I just heard one say the other day that we, uh, we have come into the declaration of understanding something that is not ours and was ever purported to be ours, and that's Christianity. This was actually said? This was actually said, and it was said to a very, very large audience by hmm. a very acclaimed star. Wow. Is the sleeping giant getting ready to at least turn around in oh, the bed? Uh, not oh, wake no. up, but... Oh, no, but, hmm. but here, I want to delve into this tonight. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, um, Jesus says, everyone, and, and, and this is from this, this writing, I'm speaking from your King James Bible because mm. that's the one that everybody knows. Now, my Hebrew Bible is going to sound similar to this, but I want to use the scriptures that the Bible, the New Testament is not scripture, it's commentary on scripture, in case anybody wants to know. Uh, Paul makes it very clear that all scripture is breathed by God and profitable for, for right living and teaching, teaching right living and so forth and so on. And he's speaking about that which is written in Genesis to Chronicles as being that scripture. Correct. So, the New Testament is not scripture, it's commentary on scripture. Mm -hmm. But the New Testament writing says this, Matthew chapter 10, 32. Everyone, therefore, who shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. John Chapter 6, verse 65 says, and he said, Therefore, I have said to you that no one, no one can come to me, Jesus, unless he has been granted, unless he has been granted to him by my Father. In John 6 and 65, <clears throat> there is absolutely mm -hmm. no context in Scripture that ever denies anybody from being able to come That's correct. to God. That is correct. Through anybody. Hmm. Yes, Moshe was an intercessory, mm -hmm. an intercessor for Israel because Israel had a lot of problems. But Moshe never told Israel, well, the only way you're going to get to talk to God is through me. Right. Our own never did it. Elzar mm -hmm. never did it. Mm -hmm. So now... What makes this guy think that he's going to provide once for all two threats? Okay. And I call him the bully. 
two threats. <laughs> Whoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And no one can come to me. No one can talk to me, Jesus, unless mm-hmm. it has been granted to him by my Father. Wow. Those are some pretty bold statements. Well, pretty bold, to say the least. These two statements cannot find any support in the Holy Scriptures. However, I believe that the Greeks put them in there so that the populace, the unlearned populace of people uh, whom the Greeks knew would think twice about rejecting their Jesus God. Hmm. Because the greatest fear that everybody has, oh, if I deny Jesus, he's going to deny me. Right. And, 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 and I, I, won't, I won't be saved. I won't get to heaven. Mm. That's a threat. And I realize that that threat lingers over the heads of many people when you talk about Jesus in a negative way. Right. That trepidation is there, that fear. Mm-hmm. The only God we cannot reject in any context is the absolute all-existent God of the Hebrew people, Yahweh, who also is the God, and the word God means power, mm-hmm. of the universe. Correct. He controls the whole universe. He controls everything. Something strikes me um, and brings my attention to the Hebrew writings in Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly mm-hmm. to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So if I can come boldly, right, then why do I have to come through you? Hmm. Yeah. Why is there an intercessor? Why is there an intercessor that I have to pass through you to get to the Most, Most High, high who yeah. is the absolute, all-existent one. Mm-hmm. So now the question comes to mind with this issue in Matthew 10, 32, of course. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, did Peter oh. deny Jesus? I, I, I th- can, I, can I answer that? Yeah, I'm raising my hand yes, here. Well, I'm, you raising raise my, hand. I'm raising did, my hand did here. Peter, <laughs> wait a minute. Did Peter... The number one apostle. Number one. Yeah. To the right hand of Jesus Christ, did he deny his master? I, 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 I think I recall that he did. And, and not only did he deny him, he did it three times. Well, not only did he do it three times, but he also cursed when he did it the last time. That's right. Let's, let's, let's read the text, because I don't want anybody <laughs> to think we're making this up. Right. Matthew 26, 69. Now Peter sat outside the courtyard, and the servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee? But he denied it, denied it before them all. Wait a minute. Anybody denies me before man. Right. He denied it before them all, saying... I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow who was with Jesus of Nazareth, Mm -hmm. but again, Mm -hmm. he denied it with an oath. That's two. That's right. Oh, 
oh, with an oath. Oh. <laughs> no. And I don't know the man. Mm. And a little later, those who stood and came up and said to Peter, surely you also were with him, for your speech betrays you. Mm -hmm. Then he began to curse and swear. My goodness. The apostles he, cursing and swearing? And swearing. I don't know the man. That means he had some fervor behind this. That he was, this is not just a simple, ah, oh, I'm just brushing it off. No, he's driving the point home. Well, wait a minute. There's a problem. There, there's, there's a problem. There's an inherent problem here? What, oh, what's there the, what's, is what's a the problem? problem. Oh, okay. Because Peter is doing something that the Most High said that he would deny anybody who did that before his Father in heaven. The text goes on to say, and then Peter remembered what Correct. Jesus said mm -hmm. about the rooster crowing. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> right. What's up with that? And and then scurries off. And scurries off. And and this, and cries. And cries. And, and the text says he... But go ahead. I think that there's a point... Wait with 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 this I'm, crying, that I'm confused. <laughs> I'm totally confused with this narrative, because if I go back to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, "And I also say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it." And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell no one that he was Jesus Christ. Now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Right, right, right. And and let me just interject here real quick. I've said this before in, in confidence as we've been talking. Is that this man knows Jesus, Yeshua, Intimately, in the sense that he and the sons of thunder, Yaakov and Jonathan or Yochanan and James and James saw the transfiguration, saw what we call or at least when we were over across the street where Jesus revealed himself to them. So this there's no denying when we're talking about Peter, Peter is fully aware of what's going on and he's still making these assertions. So, hold up now. Um, can a man full of the Spirit of God, a man? I'm not. I mean, this is a man. This is not a man that came out of, out of a mist, out of a out of a immaculate conception. But can right. a man, Peter, mm -hmm. who is so full of the Spirit and has the sense of a knowledge of Torah? Mm -hmm. Be that scared? Yeah, that shaken. Yeah, exactly. Um, <sighs> I don't find any individual that the Most High called to be one of his, a prophet mm -hmm. or anything else in the Holy Hebrew Scriptures, I don't find any one of those individuals scared of anybody. That's correct. And any nation or anything. 
Correct. And you have your famous three Hebrew bo- men. They're not boys, men. That proves that, listen, and they should have been scared as heck. <laughs> <laughs> they were facing death. They knew what was going to happen. And Daniel? Right. Those four individuals should have been scared. That should have scared the bejesus out of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> right. And, and they, those, stood, they stood firm. Yes. And they said to the nation that was persecuting them, mm-hmm. oh, king, we're not so careful as to how we answer you. Right. The Yahweh, and the Hebrew text is Yahweh, not God. It's, he uses Yahweh, the God, the Elohim, mm-hmm. the Eloheka. Mm-hmm. The Yahweh that we serve is more than able mm-hmm. to deliver us. Right. And if he doesn't, he has a greater purpose. We're fine with your fire. Right, right, right. And the Most High, this is another thing about, another characteristic about the Most High as well, is that my mind often is drifted back to when the the spies were sent out. And the reason why, part of the reason why the children of Israel sojourned in, in the desert for so long was because they came back with, with a report that said, there, these Philistines are big. And the Most High had took no tolerance in that. No tolerance. Says, listen, you have nothing to fear. But, but wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> this, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rank on Peter. I'm trying to get to a point of understanding what Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. And I'm trying to find the consequences of Peter's action. Because we go back to 26 and 30, Matthew 26, 33, Peter answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, this night, before the rooster crows, you would deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And and so said all the disciples. But then you get to the narrative, and what does he do? And, And does the exact opposite. Now. Diametrically opposed to what he just said. Now. Now, here's the man who is called the rock. Right. Here is the man to whom is going to build the church. Here is the man that Jesus says he's going to give him the keys to the kingdom. Exactly. And the first thing you do. (laughs) And the first thing he does is deny Jesus publicly three times, and then he curses to make, try to make his point more valid. Right. And go ahead. Where's go ahead. the consequences? Exactly. Exactly. Now, where's the consequences? <laughs> where in the scripture, where, excuse me, I keep calling it scripture. Text. Where yeah. in the text of the Greek text are the consequences that Jesus proclaimed he was going to put on anybody who denied him public? Where are the consequences? Come on. Now, particularly when we get to Acts, 
Who opens the doors to the church? Oh, that would be Kepha. Peter does that. How can he do that? That's a very good point. There is absolutely no evidence that is written for us to gain information where Peter went back to his so-called God-man mm-hmm. that has died. Mm-hmm. So if he wasn't going to repent to the God-man who died, he should have at least repented to the God-man who had gone back to heaven. And that is a very key point to and understand. And there is no evidence that that ever happened. He never repents for what he did. It just simply said he went off and he realized what he did and was remorseful. Or at least he cried. I didn't want to say he was remorseful. The text, your text, oh, oh, said he oh, cried. Oh, 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 there it is. There's where he repented. He was remorseful. <laughs> okay, but what is... Okay, so let's take it a step further. So, in that Greek text, when you sin, how do you gain right standing with your Christ. How do you do that? You I, are to... I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> because it's very specific on how you're supposed to do it. Well, well, give me some specificity. You, okay, so, so we were always taught this idea of you were to confess your sin. To who? Depends on who you're talking to, because the Catholics got a way of doing it versus the way the, the rest of the world does it. But it, at any rate, at any rate, I know there's a there's a com- <laughs> wait 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 <laughs> hold your point hold your point. I know that in the Christian church I was raised in, if you sinned, mm-hmm. you have to go before the pastor and confess your sins. Oh, this is a, oh okay. Wait a minute. So you, wait a minute. So the person sinned, and you'd have to go in front of the pastor. And this, is there an audience that's hearing this, or is in, this just in confidence? In some cases, there was an audience that heard it. Oh, and in mm. some cases, it wasn't. Mm. But you had to go before a man and confess your sins. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so now, what's your point? <laughs> My point is, is that the man didn't confess anything according to the Greek doctrine. But you were going to explain the process. No, no, no. You're already there. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> you were going to explain the process by which sins are confessed in this Greek narrative. How is it done? Where is it? Oh. Israel, Israel confessed their sins to the coining. Yeah. And there was an atonement for that. And yes. that's very specific on how... They were to gain reinstatement, if you will, back in the good graces of the Most High. Okay, help me, because I'm confused. (laughs) How in the Greek text does Peter confess his sins other than feeling remorseful? Yeah. To whom does he confess to? That's right. So based on the text, we cannot assume that he did. You going and committing a sin and saying and realizing, just like we're in AA, okay, well... I realize that I have a problem. You're doing nothing to do to to, to gain atonement for that. And there's a specific way that you do it in Christianity, but the text is specific. It never says he did anything. Now, remember, Jesus has stated a mitzvah. A mitzvah. That's right. Back that's in his, 10 and 32. That's, right. that's his mitzvah. Mm-hmm. 
if you deny me yes. in front of others, yes. I will deny you in front of my father. That's so, a mitzvah. Mis- so what are we saying that when 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 Peter arrives at the pearly gates, that I don't think Peter's going to get in. Because if he's going to hold true to his word, if you deny me in front of others, then when it's time for me to acknowledge you in front of my father, I'm going to deny you. And we can clearly see in the text that he never repented. Now, let's take this discussion someplace else within the same narrative that we're speaking. Mm-hmm. My question is, if Jesus is God, wouldn't he have known beforehand, before he declared Peter the task of opening his church and giving him the keys, that he was going to deny him publicly and thus nullify the assignment? That's another. I mean, I mean, that's doesn't me. doesn't the God of Israel know know, know all. all things <laughs> before they come into existence? Right. Doesn't he know the the past, the present, and the future? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus is God, uh, shouldn't he have known that? Remember the premise of this whole discussion is written in Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. Mm. God is not a man. It's correct. Comma. That he should lie. Comma. Mm. Nor a son of man. Uh-oh. He's not a son, <laughs> son of, man. of man either. Oh boy. That he should repent as he has said and will he not do or has he spoken and will he not make it good that's what the new what the greek new that's what the the new testament writing says my, my hebrew bible says the same thing mm. so that's interesting because i've never heard that taught when i was coming up in the christian church i've never heard that taught so that way if jesus were mm. god he wouldn't have put peter in a position that would have compromised his assignment. Right. 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 Never would have did it. He would have been the unlikeliest of person to do it. Now, the, the, God, of, the God of the Hebrew nation of Israel doesn't make mistakes in judgment. Mm-hmm. What he says, he's going to make good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, by Jesus' statement over the issue of denial of Peter, Peter should not have had any authority to do anything but wait for his judgment. That's correct. So why is it in Acts he's opening the doors to the church? (laughs) That is a quandary and an enigma that we cannot understand. And you know, I'm... I'm And, And you're using text to... See, that's the thing that I need to say this. I need to say this because scripture... When I talk about scripture, and I'm talking about the Old Testament that you may know it as, we call it the Tanakh. The fiber of scripture is true all the way through it. It doesn't fold back on itself. And I don't care whether you're reading it from the Greek, from the Greek text, the Greek Old Testament, or from a Hebrew Old Testament. Uh, excuse me. If you're reading it from the Greek Old Testament or from the Hebrew covenant. Right. Or the Hebrew scroll. Right. And you... 
people need to start being more astute and challenging these leaders to specifically explain this because they spiritualize this to the point where you can't understand it. They sound like Yeshua himself where he just talks in parables all the time and of his own Talmud and come back in confidence and say, what in the world were you talking about? Explain what you were saying because we don't even get it. You got to pressure these people to say, listen, stop spiritualizing this text and explain it. Because if you explain it from a logical standpoint, if I just crawled out of a rice paddy somewhere and I wanted to get an explanation, I had no understanding of this. Logically, it doesn't make, make any sense. sense. That makes sense. Now, I, I hate I hate to put it like this. OK, I, 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 I hate to say it this way. OK. I really do. I'm sorry, but I got to do it. Did Jesus, the human, forget his position on this? Must have. Or did he just simply lie? Oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> Something that the God of the Hebrew Israels can't do. Cannot lie. Cannot do it. The God of Hebrew Israel doesn't back up on anything that he has ever said. Never. If he says you're going to die, you're going to die. That's correct. That's correct. And his word holds true to this very moment. Every king and every person in Israel who had any responsibility of leading Israel to anything when they violated the principles that the Most High set between he and them and they violated, he told them, you're going to die. Correct. And you know what our biggest proof is? They died. And on top of that, let's go back to Devarim 28 because you're living in it right now. Go read Devarim 28. From front that, to back. That's Deuteronomy, as a matter of fact. That's Deuteronomy. And tell me that you're not living in an age where those things are happening. To you Hebrew people. So we cannot say that the Most High has lied about anything that he was going to do. It's like, you know, most of us are parents and we tell our children, now if you do this one more time. But, yeah. <laughs> But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, okay, wait, wait, let's wait, back wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Something just struck me in, All right. in the in the in the Greek narrative in Numbers 23 and 19. God is not a man, comma, nor that he shall lie. Mm -hmm. Nor a son of man. It's correct. How many times in the Greek text does the narrative call Jesus the son of man? A lot. But God said he's not a son of man. That's correct. So <laughs> how can Jesus be a son of man and be God when God said he's not a son of man? It's a conundrum. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it just folds on help itself. Me. Help me, somebody. Help me. Help me. Oh, this lesson is wearing folks out. Help me. <laughs> and then he says in Matthew 20 
In Matthew 16 and verse 20, then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus Christ. I submit to you Mm -hmm. that there is absolutely no context in the Hebrew scripture where the God of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob ever denies anybody from knowing who he is. And as a matter of fact, right, the God of the Hebrew Israelites lets people know who he is. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 1. Then the Lord, which is a mistranslation of the Hebrew text because Lord in the Hebrew text is always Yahweh, mm-hmm. Yahweh, spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. So let's put it in its proper context. Say to them, I am Yahweh, your Eloheka. Right. Or to make your God, your mm-hmm. your power, your source. Mm-hmm. I am. He doesn't have any problem letting anybody know who he is. That's correct. Then he says in Isaiah 49, 23, then you will know that I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. Ezekiel 5, 13, he says, and they shall know that I am the Lord have spoken it. He's constantly, once again, yeah. once again, the word Lord is not, is, is not translated in yeah. your Greek Bible. In the Hebrew scroll, that's yod Hey vav Hey, that's Yahweh. Tell them that Yahweh said, he has no problem letting anybody know what he said or what he's doing. He's not hiding from anybody. Right. Don't tell him who I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, why? Yeah, why? And you know what? You got it at your fingertips. And I forget the chapter and verse that it's in that the Most High actually says, hey, listen, Israel is my begotten son, is my firstborn son. That's in Exodus chapter four, I think. I mean, I don't know how many times or twenty and four. The 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 Most High is very specific. The one thing that you'll understand when you start reading Hebraic scriptures is that the Most High is very specific. He's very strategic, and he's very exact. None of this generic generalities that that happen in the Greek text, you know. And, and you commented on it before, and you said that Yeshua or Jesus never says that he's God. That's a moniker that was put on him by everybody else. He never says it, but he is called the Son of Man all the time over there. Greek, Greek Old Testament, okay. Exodus chapter 4. Chapter 4, all right. And here we go. Verse 22. All right. Then you shall say to Paro, the word is not Pharaoh, it's Paro. Mm-hmm. Thus says Yahweh, or in your text it says the Lord. Israel is my, my. son, my firstborn. <laughs> so I say to you, let my son go. <laughs> Who does he, it's in your, it's right there in your... Who does he call his son? He calls Israel, my son, my firstborn. So how can Jesus be the only begotten son of the father when the father himself declares who his son is? Which predates all of this. All of this. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it, here, from a Hebrew perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is, Hit me in the face. Boing, 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 right. boing, boing. It's so ironclad. I can't, I can't, every page I turn to, everything I read, 
from Torah to the prophets declares to me and the and even the writings declares to me that there cannot ever be a human individual that's called God that represents Hebrew Israel. Now, okay, all right, all right. Now, on the other hand, mm-hmm. he can represent the Greeks. It's true. Because the Greeks have a plethora of gods. That's true. That's true. So he can be a god to the Greeks whom the Greeks have brought you into a a culture, an idea, and a way of life that's called Hellenism, Mm -hmm. where you have accepted their culture, their way of life, their God, and their teaching. Right. So, that being the case, I can wave a flag and back off. That's right. Because Jesus is not the God of Hebrew Israel. That's right. But he is the God of Israel. The Greeks, because the Greeks are the ones that presented him to you, and that's that's the problem that we we're trying in this. Why in do this, I get so excited? But because because in because you have a fervor for knowledge and to enlighten people on who they are. We've been given a narrative that if we again go back to Devarim twenty eight, Deuteronomy twenty eight, it specifically says in there that you will be presented with a God that you have never known. It's in there. You didn't know anything about this. This was handed to you and we accepted it. And we're trying to, your association with this narrative that's over here in the, in, in the Old Testament, it, you're associating it with a group of people. And we're talking about Hebrew history here. We're talking about you. You have to understand that there's a connection between scripture and you. When scripture, I mean, again, the Old Testament. And scripture is simply your our history. It's a history book. That's all it is. It's our history. It is our, it's our history. Period. Now, I would open up another can of worms. <laughs> Why not? No, because we, we don't we don't have time. Okay. We don't have time in this podcast to ask the question, uh, to whom was Jesus obedient to? Oh. Oh. Oh, all right. Yeah, you're right. That is another podcast entirely. We'll be here for another hour and a half trying to, to dissect that one. If we say to his father, well, his father has certain mitzvahs and commandments that Jesus has done away with, nullified, and mm-hmm. doesn't follow. Mm-hmm. Let me throw one on the table as I back out the door. <laughs> Except you eat my blood, oh. eat my flesh and drink my blood. Um, that is a direct contradiction of what the Most High has written to Israel hmm. in the Torah that he says no man That's right. shall eat flesh and or drink blood because life is in the blood. That's correct. Duh. That's very correct. Uh, let me throw another one out the window. Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me get one in there. Let me, take, let me do a little gut punch okay. in there real okay. quick. Let's see. Let's see if you're going to jump on the one. See, I'm, I'm not going to top yours, but I'm just, <laughs> as, you're, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm literally just thinking here. I'm like, heaven for a lot of Christians should be a very confusing place. Because when you get there, who are you going to listen to? 
You gonna are you going to listen to God or are you going to listen to Jesus? Because on the one hand, you're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff that Jesus says and then his father on the other hand, I require this. And you're going to be like, well, who am I supposed to be listening to? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you a fact that's a fact that comes out of scripture. Okay. Number one, please understand there is absolutely no narrative in the context of Scripture, Genesis to Chronicles or Malachi, mm-hmm. that says anybody is going to heaven. 100% correct. The Most High says mm-hmm. heaven is my throne. That's right. Earth is my footstool. Mm-hmm. I have made earth for man. Heaven belongs to me. Correct. But in this narrative of redemption and salvation, the Most High has declared this premise. I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the fathers, and Mashe, that when Israel sinned, I was going to disperse them out of the land to the four corners of the earth. Mm -hmm. But in my declaration, I also said that I promised that in the day of redemption, I will bring them back from all the four corners that I have dispersed them back to the land. Correct. In the land, the question would be then, if it's land, who are we going to listen to, Jesus or God? Right. Because the problem with that, he says, when I bring you back to the land, my name shall be one. It's correct. Yeah. And there shall not be the mention of any Uh other God's correct. You're hitting them, firing on all cylinders. The messianic era happens to be the millennium age of a thousand years, of which the Most High is going to usher in this Torah law that you all keep talking about has been done away with. It's mm-hmm. going to come back in place because we will be in the land where we'll be able to carry out every iota correct. of it. And that's Greek. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Something y'all can understand. <laughs> We're going to be carried out. And Zechariah 13 or 14 says that out of all the multitude that he brings back into the land, only one third are going with him into the eighth day, which is eternal life. Mm. Only one third. Mm. So that means... A whole bunch of people going to die because of the violations that they make towards the covenant that the Most High has made. The Most High has put up long enough in this exile with his wife being a hoe, Mm -hmm. a prostitute, lifting her skirt up on every hill, Mm -hmm. and serving other gods. Right. When he brings her back to the land as he's promised, he ain't having it. He ain't having it. Read the narrative, people. You will die. Now, here's the good part. I'm going to help you with the good part of this. All right. You will die, and you will just cease to exist. I'm going to take the scare out of it. There's no hell in which that you're going to burn in. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oops. Did I say that? Oh, he lying now. I know he lying now. I know he lying now. The Bible says that they, that you're going to hell and you're going to burn in hell. No, no. Yeah, the, the Bible, which comes from the Greek word biblica, says that. Yes. But the Hebrew scroll does does not make any mention of anything like that except the number of times when the three Hugh boys were thrown into fire. Right. And when one of Abraham's brothers mm-hmm. was confronted with fire at the hands of Nimrod. Mm. But there's no eternal lake of fire, fire written about in the scriptures. Mm. Now what you could say as I leave you at this particular point in time is well Jesus did away with that. Well the Greek Jesus can but the Elohim of Abraham, Hitchcock, and Yaakov, who's not a human, who doesn't lie, nor does he forget what he said. Who created all things. Who created all things. Heavens and earth, you will do exactly mm-hmm. what he said he will do. Nothing more and nothing less. I leave this with you. This has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews in, in Exile. Exile. Shalom. Shalom.